0: Of all the weapons in the vast Soviet arsenal, nothing was more profitable than Avtomat Kalashnikova, model of 1947, more commonly known as the AK-47, or Kalashnikov. It's the world's most popular assault rifle, a weapon all fighters love. An elegantly simple nine-pound amalgamation of forged steel and plywood, it doesn't break, jam, or overheat. It will shoot whether it's covered in mud or filled with sand. It's so easy, even a child can use it, and they do. The Soviets put the gun on a coin. Mozambique put it on their flag. Since the end of the Cold War, the Kalashnikov has become the Russian people's greatest export. After that comes vodka, caviar, and suicidal novelists. One thing's for sure, no one was lining up to buy their cars.
1: Seminar recently, and they told me you got to hook them in the first 15 to 30 seconds. So we're gonna have an amazing show. You love Nicolas Cage? Do you know what's gonna happen in the show? You have no idea. You have no idea. Guess what happens next? When we continue this show, you won't believe what happens. Stay tuned. Something amazing is gonna happen on the Cinema 9 Podcast. Nicolas Cage, Jared Leto, movie recommendations. Don't go anywhere, stay here. This is the place to be. Because if you leave now, you're gonna have FOMO for life. All right, that's 30 seconds. Anyways, welcome to the show, Cinnamon 9 Pod of ProtonMail.com. Michael Govier, Travis Roy, and Eric Brandstrom, we're here. This is the new year, man. Travis Roy, you feeling the funk on the Nasty Dunk?
2: Uh, I'm feeling like the podcast version of those Facebook videos where they're like five minutes long, but it takes them like five minutes to open <laughs> a door or something like that. They're like, oh, I'm going to open it. No, I'm not going to open it. Well, I might open it, but I'm not going to open it. I'm feeling like the podcast uh, incarnation of that right now.
1: Never seen those. That's uh, interesting. Um,
2: I I you know Facebook gets me because they'll have like the little red thing like in the video section and I just kinda automatically click it because I'm like, oh I've got a notification there. I gotta clear that. And then I'm like next thing I know I'm being hit. stupid Whoop. bullshit of like someone pouring sand with a different color of sand <laughs> on top of another color of sand. I'm like, what the fuck
1: is this? Yeah it's the wow. five minutes of my life. Your Facebook is very much curated for Travis Roy. That's cool. Yeah, I'm I happy guess. for you. They got so. me. They caught me. It's wonderful. Hi. Uh TikTok has eclipsed. Facebook as the most active user social media as of this year. So that's where things are going now. I don't know what that means. Who cares? Eric Branstrom, you've done a couple of TikTok videos. Uh, I saw that you were talking about Spider-Man and the big box office hits. Are uh, you excited about movies for 2022, though? Because we got a lot of great movies coming out this year.
3: There's a lot of my favorite directors making movies this year. Darren Aronofsky with The Whale, Brendan Fraser. Um,
4: wow. Yeah, Marty Scorsese, Killer the Flowers gonna- Moon.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't be more excited. I think 2022 is going to be amazing.
1: Oh, yeah. So Travis is wearing, for those of you that are watching the live stream, he's wearing our Cinema 9 podcast shirts that Eric graciously created for both of us. I have mine. It's, it's just behind the green screen right now hanging up. So when the green screen's not up, it's always behind me in tribute <laughs> right next to my fix the shit shirt. So uh, thanks for that, Eric. It was very nice, wasn't it?
2: It was, it was Absolutely. incredibly nice. And, and the offer is now extended to you, the listener. If you too want a cinema nine podcast, just reach out to us through any social media and what do we charge? On Like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. Uh, something like
1: that. Actually. Uh, yeah. We, we and Eric talked about this the other day. Uh, I had a t-shirt guy that I've been using so I can get us a really good deal Great. and it w- might be quicker too. So yeah, if you want a shirt, We'll make it happen. 20 bucks max, max, yeah, max, yeah. yeah, max. Yeah. But we will, max. if you're down, if you like I mean, Eric, you know, show them what you got, show them what you're working with there. That's, uh, I mean, it's yeah. not complicated. It's just our logo. Eric,
3: show <laughs> us what you're
2: working with. I, I'm not you're wearing one. one. Wearing I got
1: a, <laughs> I've got a teacher of the
3: year shirt on. Teacher of the year. What year was that for? This is just a, a hypothetical.
2: Oh, this is like a world's best box <laughs> kind of coffee. Yeah, okay.
3: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I lay no claim here. I'm good. I'm good, but I don't know if I'm that good.
2: You, you lay
1: some. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's very funny. Okay. Uh, gotcha. Uh, yes. Gotcha. So yeah, we get your shirt if you want it. Cinnamon Pod at Protimail.com. Cinnamon Pod on Instagram. TikTok were there, uh, the Twitter handle, uh the YouTube, sub the YouTube channel. I want to yeah. give credit. Eric, you've been grinding a bit on the YouTube comments. It looks like we've got some reciprocity for some people there. So thank you for the new followers because we just cracked 60 subs. We're up to 63 subs now. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're okay. excited. Yeah. So Fantastic. A push for us. We were we were in the forties and thirties for a long time. So
0: yeah. Yeah, thanks we for subbing, love guys. you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks for subbing. Maybe we should make thanks for subbing shirts. If we get to a hundred, maybe I'll persecute. do it. <laughs> Who is the, the world's best subscriber. yeah? Who's the world's best subscriber? I don't know. I do know we're gonna cover Lord of War for our main event today. Does it hold up? 2005s, and I apologize. I got it wrong. I I had 2006 locked in my head, and I saw the post on Instagram that one of you guys did that said 2005's Lord of War, and I'm like, no, it's 2006. And I went to the IMDb, and sure it was enough. 2005. So, Maya Copa, my child, Maya
2: Copa. <laughs> do better, uh, Mike. Yeah, that's gross, by the way.
1: That's a gross mea culpa reference from V for Vendetta, which is very gross, that scene, Uh, but also kind of cool because I'd like to see people get murdered who deserve it. At any rate, uh, although we shouldn't live in a society with death as an execution for punishment, I feel like that's kind of archaic. Mm, Coming
2: out out with the big political guns today. Wow, you don't think people should die. Controversial statement.
1: All the people that (laughs) die, die, all the people... (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh it's a good time to be alive here cinnamon ipod 2022 we're loving it we're going to get into our quarantine viewing picks here of course and travis roy has been watching
2: movies i have i've been watching Hmm. movies as as i've been in quarantine and viewing my picks. uh so (laughs) let's start this off with a with a big one um a big release (gasps) from george clooney the tender bar (gasps) Did, did either of you guys watch this movie i haven't seen it yet but uh i'm interested uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about maybe a best Oscar, best supporting nom for Ben Affleck. And there's a lot of people that seem to love this movie. I love the soundtrack. The soundtrack is oh. incredible. Just a Yacht Rock uh, celebration. Uh, <laughs> the, the movie itself, like, look, I'm a <sighs> mediocre white man. So, like, when people are like, Ooh, <laughs> celebrate white mediocrity, I'm, and I'm like, I'm like know, oh, kind of you're talking about me. Yeah, um, but watching <laughs> this movie, I'm like, why did they fucking make this movie about this guy? It could have been about me. And who cares about me? I mean, the guy did you know some bigger things, he worked the Wall Street Journal, you know, like that kind of stuff, or maybe it was, oh, it was the New York Times, but still, it was like, like I just can't figure out like who thought this was. A, I don't know, I was just like, there's no who cares. This guy got jerked around by a girl, like, I just couldn't figure out what the story oh. was or why I was supposed to care about it. I guess it's kind oh, of a spice and lifer, but I was extremely underwhelmed by this movie. Um, uh, but a lot so, of people. A lot of people are loving it. Go ahead. So, George, we love you, but this slew Uh-oh. of... uh Suburbicon? Crap. Well, I mean, I don't know. How many crap. now? Yeah, in like, a row? Again, like, watch it for yourself. I think that there's... Because not everybody has the same opinion as me on this one. It seems like there's a lot of people that are really loving this movie. I just couldn't... I just couldn't see what the story really was. I'm just like, why am I... Where, where do I why do I care about this? And the answer okay. was, I don't. Um, uh, who
1: do we talk about real quick last show? We're talking about somebody who's slipping as well. It seems like some people are slipping that we respect around here in the movie world. Maybe things are changing. Yeah, I don't hmm. know. I went maybe. off on a rant about someone last week. I can't remember who it was. Like, oh, but I wish I could remember. But hey, maybe can you I should just listen? listen to last week's show or watch it on YouTube where you can subscribe to our
2: channel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I watched an, uh, a pretty bad movie from 2021 called "Lady of the Manor" with Melanie Linsky and uh, Judy Greer. I'm gonna recommend skipping this one. Uh, co-written and directed by Justin Long and his brother, uh, just just a just a misfire of a of a of a of like a supernatural comedy. Just like too many fart jokes, man. Just back off oh, on the fucking man. fart jokes.
1: <laughs> okay. By the way. Adam McKay was a guy we talked about last week yeah. that was slipping a bit. Now that's I remember. Right. Well, so him I mean, that's your Not opinion. slipping. I mean, just yeah. a, a trend, a slight trend. I'm not saying – I haven't seen Tender Bar, so I'll hold on that. But – I want to mention, Travis, that Melanie Linsky is actually in the running now with Judy Greer. Melanie Linsky's in everything. Everywhere I look the last five years, she's in every fucking movie.
2: Dude, that's I mean, that's why I had to watch this. I'm like, it's Melanie Linsky and Judy Greer? <laughs> like, of course I've got to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's got, um, uh, what's his name? Ryan Felipe. And apparently he's terrible at comedy. Just terrible at it. <laughs> you don't say. But he's
1: great as a straight guy in MacGruber. Is he trying to be funny? He's not the straight guy? I, he's trying to be funny. Like he's definitely Ooh, he's playing okay. like,
2: a, like a douchey kind of oh, like, yeah. you know, I don't know, like it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it wasn't funny. Um, kind of, you know, uh, another 2021 comedy I watched that I actually enjoyed, although it was, it was, you know, it wasn't great or anything, but it, it was uh, Queen Pins with uh, Kristen, uh, Kristen Bell and uh, Vince Vaughn is in there, and that one dude from Richard Jewell who, with the many names I always forget, yeah, yeah, I got Richard Hauser Richard, yeah, uh, the local dude from Hauser. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. The guy who played Richard Jewell. Yeah. He's from Saginaw. Woo! How's oh it Right? How's yeah. it? Uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah. Howdy, Hauser. So it's a, you know, it's a decent <laughs> comedy. I'd recommend throwing it on. Like, it's, it was a good, like, you know, have it on, but like, don't get too invested in it kind of uh, comedy. Mm. I, I did not mind Queen Pins at all. It's on Paramount, Paramount Plus. Um, I watched *Lilies of the Field* since uh, we love oh! it. The great Sydney Poitier. I figured I should probably put *The Lilies of the Field* underneath my belt. Have you guys seen this movie before?
1: I watched it two, uh, two years ago. I downloaded it and watched it for the first time. Beautiful.
2: It was. It was beautiful. You know, it was one of those movies. Like I didn't really realize how emotionally affected I was by it until the end. Like the very last moment, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm all fucking like emotional all of a sudden." I didn't even realize it was building up, and I usually am a you know sputtering mess very easily. But, uh, <laughs> that was quite good. i would actually been watching a lot of uh, Sydney Poitier films over the past year or so, uh, including um, I watched "In the Heat of the Night" and its follow-up, "They Call Me Mr. Tibbs." So I figured it was time to finally watch the, the third in the in the Mr. in the Tib in the Virgil Tibbs uh, trilogy. I watched "The Organization" from 1971, which you know it was fine. It was I mean the heat in the heat of night of the night is so good. It's so it's They so call good. me Mr. Tabs. Yeah, I love it so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do that once in this movie, so obviously it sucked. Uh had, yeah, a, had, exactly. a, had a young Raul Ju uh, Julie in it, that was kind of oh, yeah, remember young Raul Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also dead. Uh I watched another older film that gets a lot of love uh, called The Sunshine Boys. This is uh you guys heard of this movie? You've seen this movie? This is Walter Matthau and George Burns. It is mm-hmm. a um uh, Neil Simon picture I this is like what kind of put George Burns back on the map in 1975 and he went on to do the oh god stuff after that I was just gonna at- say before those god movies yeah because he won an academy award for this movie he won a best supporting actor for it but and I love yeah. Walter Matthau and I love Neil Simon I, Like I was fully prepared to like I thought I was gonna fucking love this movie but like the character that math plays through this movie is the most cantankerous son of a bitch. I think I've ever seen in film other than Tommy Lee Jones in that one uh, movie I, I, with Meryl Streep. I always forget the name of it. Mm-hmm. He plays her husband, but uh, like literally like he's so bitter. It's just, it's, it was like a chore to watch the damn thing. And I'm like, wow, like apparently he can be too grumpy of an old man. Damn grumps. <laughs> I had uh, I had talked up Noah uh, Bouchelle, a few of his his films like Glass Chin yeah. that I really enjoyed. I went and I went and watched The Missing Person, a film with uh, Michael Shannon, uh, Modern Noir. If you like Michael Shannon, if you like uh, indie films, uh, The Missing Person is, person is on TV. It was a slow burn, but I enjoyed it. Um, a burn, yeah. And I'll wrap this Ooh. up here in a moment. Uh, a couple other things. I watched The Nightingale from 2018. Uh, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, you, Jennifer yeah, Jennifer Kent. Yeah, Loved Jennifer Kent's follow up to Baba Duke. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think there's a moment of bloodshed in Baba Duke. And night, The Nightingale, while well, I've reflected a lot on it afterwards and like enjoyed like thinking about it, watching it, I mean, I can't think of a more brutal movie. Can you? Straw Dogs,
3: maybe. But yeah, those two are pretty intense.
2: I mean, yeah, I, I kept yeah. thinking about The Road as I was watching this. Although, I mean, like, I love, yeah. um, t- like, 19th century Tasmania. I wrote and read a lot about this in, in my undergrad and grad uh, era. I've never been to Tasmania. I just find, like, that whole, like, the Tasmanian War really interesting and all that. But, like, you know, she wanted us to know, hey, guys, colonialism fucking sucks. And here it is on screen. Like, oh, yeah, colonialism really fucking sucks. It's really, it's, it's literally the most brutal film I've ever seen in my life.
1: Like Ted Lasso. Yeah.
2: It was like <laughs> the <laughs> anti Ted Lasso. The well, well colonialism kinda... there's
1: a lot of colonial jokes in Ted Lasso. That's take the, the reason that, I
2: think that Ted Lasso gives you and completely invert it, and you've got uh, so narrative. many.
1: Uh, yeah, so many
3: uh, revenge tales uh, can just like be fun. Uh, so it's good to see like something like this and Straw Dogs and maybe Death Wish that show you that like they can make for really intense, brutal films just based on the concept of actual you know cold-blooded revenge it's not just like this uh you know amusement park of of bloodshed that that's (laughs) popcorn entertainment and this is just pure insanity
2: yeah and it's it's not just that it's the peripheral death that's happening throughout the film like to other characters it's just it's it's a hard watch, but it yeah. it was a, it yeah. was a good film. Uh, I could see why she hasn't made anything in a while. People may have been a little like, oh, Jesus, Jennifer, but <laughs> Jesus, uh, it is Otzer? good. Bold. Last but not oh, sure. you know what? <laughs> I guess I'll admit this. You Uh-oh. know, I watched I watched Jack and Jill from two thousand eleven. Ah! I'm out. Al Pacino's in that fucking movie a lot. See you guys, I, I had out. seen I had seen that he was like in. I thought he was like in like one clip or something, like a cameo. Dude is like a full-on character, and he's playing himself the whole (sighs) thing, and and it's an Adam Sandler movie, so you've got a lot of like some surprising cameos in here, and uh, you know there's a fart joke. There is there is a couple fart jokes. There's some night sweat jokes. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that it's good. I think it's ranked three on IMDb. I think it's got like a three, which is about right. Um, I've never so but I've, but you know, I'm a completionist. I had to see it. I've never seen um going overboard. isn't that the first one that he did? Um, not right? the very first independent yeah, like, it's like on the boat. Ooh, yeah. yeah I never watched around. that one. It was like an independent comedy that like has got a terrible reputation. It literally What's is like about a one- Sandler. Yeah. It's a yeah. one point something on, Oh, I uh, guess I've never seen that one or even heard of it. Yeah. God. It was a, it was a dud. It was like, it's very, but other than that, I've now officially seen everything he's done and you know what? <laughs> Jack Until it wasn't good, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't good. And also, Yo, man, just like a lot of like, um, so many jokes centered around like animal cruelty. I just couldn't understand it. It was just constant. That is not for you. Animal cruelty. That's joke. not good. No, that's no, no I don't think it that's either.
1: not, you know, real quickly there, you mentioned Adam Sandler. So, He's a cameo in Dirty Work, which is directed by Bob Saget, who died this week, passed away. So it's weird if you think about the cast of that. The director mm-hmm. is Bob Saget. He dead. Norm MacDonald died last year. He's gone. Chris Farley, of course, died. But oddly enough, Artie Lang, of all those people, still alive. <laughs> out of, out of everyone, really bizarre when you start to think about it. I mean, <laughs> fucking he outlived all those guys. I would not have guessed that.
2: No. So. I love you. Uh, Norm makes an appearance in Jack and Jill, too. Um, last but not least, you know, I revisited with my uh ninth grade uh history students 2011's War Horse, which I had seen once when it came out and went like, I don't really get the hoopla. It was it was like a big deal when it came out. And I'm like, I don't and I've not seen it since. It it was a hell of a lot better than I remembered it being. It was it was good. It was good, man. It was a good. different. It was a diff- it, yeah, I thought it was really good. It's a different kind of movie. There's it was definitely like. um some stuff going on here that's like almost like disney-esque and and, and like in terms of anthropomorphization anthropomorphization of the animals um but at the same time i'm just fucking amazed at some of the horse acting in this movie i'm like how did you get the horse to do that it must have taken 10 years um i just can't even believe some of the stuff that's happening in this movie and it looks it looks great i mean it's steven spielberg doing world war one movie dude like it's good. It was just so overhyped at the time that everyone went, eh? I don't know. But I gotta say, maybe my maybe my my uh defenses were down because I was like, Yeah, it's okay, whatever. I thought, you know what? War, War Horse is a lot better than I remembered it. Maybe you felt bad for
1: animals because you just watched Jack and Jill and you're like, you know yeah. what? I love this movie.
2: This, I mean, there's no shortage of watching animals suffer in this in uh, War Horse either, I promise. Um, oh. There is a I, scene I, in there yeah. that, that puts the death of uh, a tray, uh, what, a Atreyu. That puts the death of Atreyu oh. even to shame. Almost. Oh, so Artex
1: is the horse. Artex. Artex. Yeah, so
2: Artex. 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 Artex yeah, Sorry. Go. that's a um, I needed that that's correction. Wow, four definitely- horse gets a positive review. Damn, I I, thought, man, I, was I,
1: I was dismissive of it cuz Yeah, this is the period of Lincoln era Spielberg. I'm like, fucking war horse. What the fuck is this shit? (laughs) Fuck off. Come on. But, uh, you know, I respect you and I respect your historical views. Okay. Let's give it a shot then. I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah, I'll give it a try. It
2: It was a lot better remembered. I mean, again, I'm not going to say it's (laughs) like amazing, but it was certainly not the the dismissive kind of like, well, who cares? Well, blow me down. It's better than a lot of the stuff Spielberg's been doing lately, so.
1: <gasps> is he on the mckay and uh what's his face turned to clooney uh I mean, you know i haven't
2: seen west side story but i don't have a ton of interest ready no. player one was fine eh. horrible um, it was okay what else has he been doing uh, what else has he been doing 10, <laughs> 10, he, uh, 10 some know. other movies
1: oh he did do that uh i kind of like that one he did with hanks in 2015 about the spy from russia with mark rylance that was yeah, good, right. that was,
2: that was, that was good. bridger right. spies yeah, rich spies i
1: saw it in the theater with my mom it's weird i always remember the movies i've seen in the theater with my mom it's a very specific <laughs> genre of movies or something. <laughs>
2: oh, okay. yeah the second week when i saw the accountant with my dad in theater <laughs>
1: <laughs> holy shit i saw very... the accountant when i lived at brian shout out to you know guests on the show brian madison. madison i lived in his apartment for a month which is very rare to know brian he's a very <laughs> private person but uh, yeah. I was down and out and on my ass at the time. Desperate opioid fest. But he took me in. Thank you, Brian. I'll always be grateful for that. Look at me now. I'm doing all right. But uh, we watched mm-hmm. The Accountant one night, and we're both like, this is awful. Oh, I
2: love this. <laughs> I love oh, you loved it. I want the sequel to come out finally. Yeah, actually. Really oh, maybe you. I should go yeah. back
1: and watch it. Okay, I was in a weird spot. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, uh, thank you. Is that it, Travis?
2: Oh, that, yes, that, that is my, those are my picks.
1: There it is. Oh, bye. That means Eric oh. Brancham. you are right. now in control of the board. What category will it be?
3: Yeah, I watched Marty, uh, Ernest Borgnine. Oh. We we're talking about him, so I went back. I think and of quiz it.
1: show. I always think of quiz show <laughs> yeah, when I hear Marty. First thing I think of <laughs> Marty. Marty.
3: If you Marty. haven't seen Marty, Marty is it's fun. It's a sweet movie and great performance by its central character, Ernest Borg Borgnine. He's really good in it. It's just a, a kind of like every man. It's kind yeah, Travis. It's kind of like a why, why am I watching this? Who cares? This guy's just like me, a loser who can't get a girlfriend. But like. There's something about it that's just sweet and hopeful and unique to, to the time. Uh, I dug it, man. Then I went a couple years later and watched Billy Wilder's Witness for the Prosecution. Uh, fucking fantastic. Uh, if you're into like courtroom dramas, we got Charles Lawton as this London, what do they call him, a barrister? Yeah. Like some sort of yeah. trial attorney or something, but he's done. defending uh, Tyrone Power, and you've got Marlena Dietrich in there. Oh, Agatha Christie play uh, adapted. Fantastically, by the legendary Billy Wilder, I loved it. If you love courtroom, drummers, courtroom dramas, courtroom drama is fucking
1: fantastic. I love dramas too, but yeah, I love drama.
3: Drama. Um, The Last Duel, I <laughs> went to oh, check bye. out Ridley Scott's The Last Duel, it was like two and uh, two hours and 40 minutes. I sat there and I watched it because this guy's pissed. Ridley Scott is fucking pissed that no one went to see his like 200 million dollar period piece. <laughs> um. Was it worth it? Ah, it was all right. It was okay. Um, How are those bullets were they good bullets? It was okay. Matt Damon got a little bit annoying in it. Like there's nothing yeah. much to his character. I thought Ben Affleck was fucking fantastic in it if you take uh, away the
1: hair maybe yeah but you can't yeah. get past that goatee the bleach blonde goatee of it's he just it's did, hard.
3: he did such a great job of just encapsulating that like Caligula-esque like role of just like the where are to do well like prince of yeah. the time
1: like fantastic um I'll, I'll give you that I want to say one yeah. thing real quick to Too that was written by both of them too they were very much <laughs> yeah. the goodwill hunting the guys yeah. come back together to write something and this is what we get it's a little disappointing if you think about it like that.
3: Of course they brought in, you know, what's her name to like write the female part so they weren't like trying to like speak on her behalf but I was like, whatever, who cares? Like what 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 did they add to it? Um, it, it, it was okay, okay? Incredible fight sequences. Like they do like this yeah. parallel narratives and I don't even really see the point of why they did that. When you watch the story, two of the stories don't even really matter. So what is the <laughs> point? Oh.
1: Yeah, that's Pretty good, pretty good. I'll give you that. That's one of the things about that story and the movie itself is the way the structure is set up of the storytelling. It might bother a lot of people.
2: So. I gotta yeah. tell you, I'm not in a rush to see this. And Don't you're be in a less of a rush
3: now. Yeah. Don't be unless Ridley Scott threatens to murder your family unless you, you buy a ticket, huh?
2: Damn millennials and their phones! I- <laughs> nope. A yep. guy named Ridley, I'll fight him and Ridley. I'll win. I'm like Ridley, Ridley, seriously. <laughs> have you ever met anyone named Ridley in real
1: life? I never have.
3: No, but no he's a no.
2: Ridley. I'll fucking take him. Yeah, I've never <laughs> fought anyone of my life. It's Ridley Scott, <laughs> and then like that
3: big, yeah, it's him and that big <laughs> bird monster in Metroid. That, those are the only Ridleys that have ever like been even mentioned in history. Or, yeah, um, I,
1: oh, yeah, you're right. That's uh, yeah, that's it. Ripley's, believe it or not, yeah. is Ripley, so you're right. Okay, yeah, Ripley's, believe it or not. Um. Other than that, I'm going to be honest with you. I've just been
3: watching a lot of I Love Lucy. Like after being the Ricardos, I got caught up on the show, and yeah. I'm pouring through the seasons on Amazon right. Prime, and they're laugh out loud funny. Oh. <laughs> That's what laughing looks <laughs> And kudos. Kudos to Nicole Kidman, Javier Bardem. I'm pulling for them in the SAG Awards for Best Actress, and maybe even Best Actor. i got a, a lot of catching up to do, but uh, two great performances if you haven't seen it.
2: I'll just a yeah. quick mention, you'll note, audience, that we, we're not discussing the Golden Globes, even though they happen, because we just don't fucking well, care anymore. That. Like nobody else does. Fuck that. <laughs> Did they happen? Yeah, they happened. Yeah, they happened. Oh, wow. They gold out, the and text. Nobody cares.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You Fair mentioned done. that in the text thread that we have, which has always arrived, it's by over. the Three of us share a text thread that has been going on as long as this show. And uh, you mentioned the SAG Awards, and then you mentioned, yeah, the Globes. Who cares? Nobody thinks about it anymore. It's just like that. It's TV over. says it's over and it's over it's over
2: well i mean i think i think tv said it's over because it's kind of everybody collectively the last two or three years more and more i'm like what the fuck who cares sorry eric it was supported
1: no you're right it was supported
3: absolutely hollywood foreign press who cares they don't even know what they're getting the award for (laughs) neither do we no one gives a fuck yeah
1: wow well that's pretty hardcore guys okay golden globes nobody likes them anymore Fine. I can live in that world. I will miss Ricky Gervais's bozo-ass intros. There was always something awkward Not that me. happened, and they were <laughs> awkward. I loved it. I, he really kind of just pushed the envelope, and I like when people Ricky? push the envelope.
2: Pushing Ricky? the envelope? Oh! You don't say
1: yeah i know it's shocking ricky don't push that envelope people are sick of your shit We are though. cancel the golden globes and never televise it again all right um quickly by the way just for the fuck of it because uh, i didn't sure. watch a lot of movies either so this is this is apropos the best picture motion picture drama winner for the golden globes was the power of the dog
2: yeah, yeah, I saw that, that. That 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 one. What is that? The Power of the Dog is the new Jane Campion movie, uh starring Benedict Cumberbatch and uh uh Cody what's his name? Cody McPhee Smith. Smith. Oh. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Well I will <laughs> say Which, this. Uh, go ahead.
1: I'll just real quickly that maybe the globes won't nobody cares anymore, so people didn't campaign. And I wonder if I'm not saying it's cool. The Globes are still lame and they were clearly corrupted, but maybe there's a back to basics here, or maybe it's just as corrupt as ever. They It's even more corrupt now, I guess. I don't know.
2: No, no. But how much would it suck for this to be the year that you won? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Get to go on TV and give a speech. That. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you think about all the, I mean, all the jokes aside, I mean, movies take a lot of really? effort and people literally take years of their lives to write yeah. movies, to produce them and make them happen. And,
2: but honestly, we don't need more televised or really even just at all uh, award, award ceremonies than the SAGs and the Oscars. That's enough. Those are the ones that matter.
1: I'm fine with that. Yep. Campion also won the Best Director, so it was a double winner. Uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was nominated for your favorite movie, though, The Lost Daughter, Travis.
2: Yeah. Wow. You know, it's getting a lot of love. It's getting a lot of love. And Bill Smith, that campaign talked.
1: Wow. <laughs> Nicole Kidman won for being the Ricardos, so yep. you'll yeah, be yeah, happy about that, Eric. Does that make you happy?
3: Yeah, very happy, fantastic.
1: And West Side Story won for best musical or
2: comedy, yes. so which is that's bullshit. Obvious, tick, tick boom yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, I haven't, I haven't, I say that, but I haven't, I haven't seen West Side Story. But but you have you, we've seen Tick, tick, boom. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah, I was, wow, I, you're right. That's
1: bogus. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's why this thing sucks. It's a dumper. Anyways, it's if you're dumbers. into that stuff, uh, uh, your friend that you mentioned there, Cody Smith McPhee, did win Best Actor in a Sporting yeah, Role so. for
2: that. So Power he the was, Dog was really good in it. I mean, he was pretty damn good in it. Will Smith won a Golden
1: Globe, but now no one cares. <laughs> wow, he won the Best <laughs> yeah. Actor of Drama yeah.
2: for yeah, for yeah, King North Richard, yeah. which I think is pretty. I mean, like if he if he wins Best Actor for that, I'm not going to be pissed.
1: I won't either. I agree. It's it's yeah. we covered it a few episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, it's we can move on. classic cookie cutter but it's good enough so yeah uh yeah. Hans Zimmer won for best uh Dune soundtrack score okay. too. so that was cool that's a good score yeah and score. just to make you a little happier Travis Do Andrew make Garfield did win for the best actor in a yes, musical or comedy yes he so. did I gotta see go. that yeah, you should. You should see that. I agree. Everyone. All can. right, that's it. Uh, the rest of this stuff, uh, it's all chaos. Uh, I don't know. Succession one best TV shows. Do you guys watch the session? I know we talk movies uh, here, but.
2: The, the more oh, people yeah. try and push it on me, the more I'm resistant to watch
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that. that sounds a bit contrarian.
2: I know, oh, it's but it's just you know. like, it's just, you know. Shock it's not, value. It's, it's not that. It's not, okay. I, <laughs> I hated Billions. I could not get into Billions. I don't want to watch uh. a show about rich people. I'm just not fucking. Unless you're making fun of them, like with the rest of development. I like, and I'm sure there's all kinds of satire and critique in succession. Don't get me wrong; I'm sure people are listening. Like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about, and that's correct. I don't, and I don't want to. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I like that. All I like right. a man who takes a stand. Also, likes a woman who takes a stand. Anybody who takes a stand. I'm oh, down, okay. just the record. So,
2: do you like?
3: Uh, right. I love. Uh, I just want to say mm-hmm. I love Mayor of East Easttown, and I don't know if Kate Winslet and that entire show and Evan Peters won anything, but that was the show of last year for me. I know it was nominated for a lot, but I don't think it won. Fucking fantastic.
1: Did you guys read Christian's email on the show I wasn't here for?
2: Uh, No, I'm Mm, not checking the email.
1: Good. Well, then let's read it. Christian sent us an email on January 1st for the new year. So thank you, Christian. And we never said this. We never said this. And if we did, we never said it enough. Christian was so kind and generous. First off, he made our updated logo basically Mm -hmm. out of his own free time and interest and desire to be cool and helpful. And... He made a couple of really cool audio trailers for the show that he shared with us at our big event every year that we call The Feast that he brought, and we did. I did put it as an intro to one of the episodes after he gave it to us, but we never said enough, like, how cool that was. They, they were great and really well done, so thank you, Christian. Very cool of you, man. Very cool.
3: We really don't give this listener, Christian, enough credit. He recently paid off my mortgage and both of my cars as well. <laughs>
2: wow it, no in all honesty christian has been a really supportive uh listener and we have and we thank you so what does he have to say to us thank you christian well
1: travis he said is groundhog day considered a rom-com because i feel like it's the epitome of one and it's my all-time favorite rom-com and easily makes my top 10 to this day this goes back to your discussion for mm-hmm. the while you were Sleeping' episode. Mm-hmm. all
2: right well i you know we debated it on that show so i won't get into it too much again yep. but uh, I guess it's a, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. I, I don't yeah. consider it a a romantic a comedy. I consider it a, a comedy with fantasy elements comedy. and romantic elements yeah. in it. Um but I can I you know I think that you know how many angels do fit on a pinhead? I don't know. <laughs> what? I don't know, <laughs> know that said I mean. it better myself. That's Is that for exp- the movie? That's yeah. an exp- no, it's an exp- it's an expression, but it's a, it's a very old expression, but I'm an old person. Oh, yeah, I know a lot
1: of them. I never heard that one, so thank you. So, <laughs> you uh, how many angels before. fit on a pinhead? You now? have
2: heard it before because it's in the song by Bad Religion. Um, how many angels will it fit upon a matchstick? I want to know why Hemingway cracked. Oh, stranger, stranger Than, than fiction. fiction. Yeah, so he changed it to a match head instead of a pinhead or something like that. But Yeah, uh, I yeah. never
1: know what he was saying in that song half the time. That's one of my least uh, lyrical understood okay. songs of his. So, All right. thank you. You're welcome. Yay! I'm here to help uh, educate. You are. You're always the best at that. Uh, the rest of this email says, while you were sleeping, I'll agree with Michael. You're not going to like this. Is ridiculous trash. Then again, haven't seen it in at least two decades. Maybe I wouldn't think that, but we will never know because I'll never watch that movie one <laughs> more time. is yeah, hero. I,
2: I knew 15 year old Christian. His his taste has changed as as has yes. mine but uh you know but we do appreciate the email and you can email us as well if you want to at cinema9pod at protonmail.com i won't check the email but mike will and you can always message us through any other social media that we're on which is all of them ample
1: very ample uh yeah
2: Christian, don't pretend
3: like you and I did not watch Serendipity twice in one night that one time when we got drunk. So <laughs> you can claim to not like these type of movies all you want, but you know what happened. Co-starring
2: Bridget Moynihan of Lord of War. Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah,
2: Was that an actress a-
3: or just a mannequin?
2: In which movie? <laughs>
1: Lord of War. <laughs> you know, Eric, when you say that, Serendipity memory reminds me of you and I, of course, the legendary crash viewing Uh, watching crash tearing up too by the way this is all true Uh, and eating marco's pizza we each had our own separate marco's pizza that we decided to eat together separately uh, at the apartment in whitmore lake
3: crying while almost choking on a big italian sausage the size of a golf ball
2: everyone gets their own marco's pizza
4: (laughs) pizza.
1: it wasn't even dark out yet it was like four o'clock in the afternoon it's like here we go crash we're two white guys who don't get it yep yeah
3: pretend <laughs> like it's trash all we want
1: we cried yeah well shit that goddamn scene Stop. with dylan really gets me i'll admit that but it otherwise yeah, it will I've, come I've made a mistake i made a mistake on that movie but anyways <laughs> let's get into our main event i said i didn't watch any movies i just I just just been so busy the new year's got yeah. me ex- i don't know i'm excited i'm trying to like really make sure i'm doing everything that i can and that unfortunately has cost me some movie watching time leanne's also here we don't seem to watch enough movies when we're together she Very particular. She gets afraid, too. So if it's even remotely scary, like not even a scary movie, because you guys know I don't give a fuck about scary films. But (laughs) if it has like a premise that is like, "Ah," like real world shit, she just doesn't want to watch that stuff. So it kind of limits our viewing choices for me. So she loved While You Were Sleeping, like I said. But I can't watch that all the time. I need to watch other things, so. Anyways, I'll get back to it. I promise, guys. Next episode, I'll have some movies to share with you, and I gotta get to see Licorice Pizza. I still want to go oh, see it in the movie theater. I know nobody wants to go outside, yeah. Omnicron, all this <sighs> shit, but uh, I gotta go see that fucking movie. I have to.
2: Not yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about it, like, when will I go to a theater again? <laughs> Probably after Licorice Pizza's gone through it probably be another. I, was, I, I really want to go with or
1: you. Or? I would want. I want to drag you out there to go with me. But if you're not going to do it, I understand. I just want to go not see it. So. Not I, I
3: literally <laughs> dreamed that I went to see it the other day, and I woke up sad that it was not reality. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the movie's going to be I so just, underwhelming to us. I mean, we're like building it up and building it up. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. I,
1: I don't know. I'm hearing good things.
2: I'm not um, so limited
1: things, but I also almost went
3: to see Macbeth, tragedy Macbeth, and. I, th- I guess it's going to hit VOD in two days. It's
2: on, so it's on I Apple definitely want to
3: try to catch that.
2: It's on Apple Plus tomorrow. It, oh,
3: I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. I'm excited.
2: I, th- I think I've seen Macbeth before. Yeah, but have you seen the new one directed by <laughs> what, uh, Joe uh, Cohen? Cohen? Yeah, Joe no. Cohen. Oh, it's a Cohen, going bro. He's Cohen solo. solo. Yeah. Oh! Let's go. Just, just Joe. Uh, one paradise.
3: Okay,
1: all right, all right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to keep, bu- I'll bug Travis off air. Maybe he'll go with me. I know he won't go, but I, I got to see that movie for it leaves the theater. It's just, Damn. just, I have to do it. It's something I got to do with my life. All right. Having said all that, thanks for emails. Thanks for your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And you can rate on Spotify. Travis was the one who originally broke the news. For the rest of my life, I will always think of Travis whenever I think of Spotify rating system because he broke the news on this show a couple episodes ago. Five stars on Apple and now on Spotify too. Very easy. Life,
2: life-changing moment when I uttered the, the words, apparently. I'll never forget <laughs> it. I was sitting in this chair with these lights The earth lights cracked. The sun fell from the sky. The river Ooh, swam with
1: blood. <laughs> it was a very exciting moment for me.
4: <laughs>
1: I posted a video on our Instagram and TikTok today of how you can follow us on Spotify. So if you want to know more about that, go find Cinnamon iPod on TikTok and Instagram. Let's get to the main event. It's time to find out, does it hold up? We do this every week. We've done this show 91 times. This is the 92nd, 2005's Lord of War. Sorry, Nicholas Cage, Jared Leto, Ethan Hawke.
0: The primary market was Africa. 11 major conflicts involving 32 countries in less than a decade. A gunrunner's wet dream. At the time, the West couldn't care less. They had a white war on what was left of Yugoslavia. I did the bulk of my business in Liberia, land of the free. Originally established as a homeland for freed American slaves, it's been enslaved by one dictator or another ever since. The latest was American-educated, self-declared president, Andre Baptiste.
4: Mr. Yuri. I'm Andre Baptiste
0: Jr. My father would like to meet you. What an honor. Uh, Thank him, but unfortunately, I have other business. It's a shame. It's it's a very busy schedule. (laughs) (laughs) It is not, as they say, optional. My father is easily offended. My schedule just
1: freed up. (laughs) Of course, the wonderful Bridget Moynihan, who had a child with Tom Brady on wedlock, which is cool. Uh, That's a side note. I don't judge it. I think it's cool. Uh, Boy, you're the big Nick Cage fan. No, he's a a baseball player. You're the big Nick Cage fan here, Travis. So uh, I thought it was weird. I almost felt awkward bringing a Nick Cage movie to the table. I wasn't trying to. To hone in on your territory here. I just was a fan of this movie in the past, so I wanted well, to bring it back and do what we do here. And I was find out if it holds up
2: or not. I was afraid of this. I didn't want to hear you say those words. I don't own Nicholas Cage. My love for <laughs> Nicholas Cage doesn't reflect on you. Like, you don't have to compare. He's for all of us, he's for everyone. He is the golden hog of Hollywood, as Daryl oh! the, the, uh, Cage Bod says, Cage Rage. um So he is for everybody. So I, I you know, we can all celebrate his glorious achievements
1: maybe i'll get you to come out for that movie that's coming out soon
2: oh with him. That, he might have a better you might have a better chance of getting to see uh uh the not the uh, god this fucking what's the unbearable name? unbearable
3: weight of massive talent
2: the unbearable weight of massive talent every time i want to say a heartbreaking work of staggering genius but that's something else entirely <laughs> <laughs> uh the unbearable work of talent that's outstanding stuff <laughs>
1: All the right. Nicholas Cage right. movie, where it's a meta movie. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah it'll be going fun. Awesome. But, anyways, this is the Nicolas Cage movie from 05. So, take us back in time, Travis. Did you see this movie back in the day or was this a later viewing?
2: I didn't, man. I actually didn't see this until maybe a year or so ago. Um, I, I, For some reason, I just skipped this one, which is weird because it's directed by Andrew Nichol, who did Gattaca. So, this is our second Andrew Nichol film. Holy uh, shit. That we've covered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, for some reason, I just. I, I don't know it just didn't I don't know it just it just slipped by me I just didn't I just didn't catch it so I watched it uh last year or so when I started really going out of my way to g- get all the Nick Cage movies under my belt and uh and I watched it then
1: that's when it happened
2: that's Eric Brashen, what about you 2005
1: did you go on a date with uh Ange for the first time or did you see us in silence
3: It's kind of the don't look up effect for this one because it's 2005. This is like Bush Cheney, Halliburton, you know, all of that was going on. So I was like, (laughs) I'm not fucking going to a movie theater, watch a movie about this shit. So I skipped it in theaters and rented it like two years later, fell asleep after like a half hour, didn't bother to watch the rest. So yeah, I'm coming in pretty blind on this one here in 2022.
1: Okay. Well, there it is. Uh, I didn't even research this. It's really cool. Andrew Nickel was the Gattaca director. I thought I recognized his yeah. name, so thank yeah, you for man. that, Travis. Very mm-hmm. cool. And I never saw Gattaca until we did this show, which we have an episode on Gattaca. If you want to go back in the annals of Cinema 9, check it out in this really YouTube want. channel. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's on the YouTube. Well, it might not yes, be on the YouTube channel.
2: I don't think it made it to the YouTube. It's There was a slim window of, of, of episodes we did that didn't make it to the YouTube.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's roughly around episode 30-something we started doing... Conclusively and forever on YouTube, but you're right. So audio version, though, definitely available. I uh, got this movie again. Blockbuster Online resurfaces. Blockbuster Online <laughs> has always been there for me. When we go back in time, it was a big, big source of movie absorption for me. I had mm. that subscription, and I had four at a time, and man, I loved it. I'd, I would just have so many movies coming in. I remember the queue. I wonder... How far I got in that queue. Because I know when it closed <laughs> down, I still had movies left in my
2: queue. Oh, I wonder... my, God. I, my Netflix queue was like hundreds and hundreds of films. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, I wish I took a picture of it. It would have been cool to know what was in there. Yeah. At any rate, this was a movie I saw because of Blockbuster Online, and I had never heard of it. I took a shot in the dark, and that was one of the cool things about having Blockbuster Online was, oh, hey, I don't know. I got all these extra opportunities. Let's go for it. And I ended up being like, wow, this is Jared Leto and... This is really, really good. I I like the story here. I'm always down for Ethan Hawke and the story about arms dealers and worldwide conspiracies. And like, it's also the mixing into the falling of the Soviet Union that plays into this. Uh, And there's also the fact that they're Russians,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ukrainians. Ukrainians.
1: Ukrainians. They're, yeah, they're. Grew up in uh, Brooklyn, granted, but. In Brighton Beach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did that? Did you guys find any of the uh, false notes in that part of the movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I'm sure we'll hear more about that. <laughs> no, I did not see the rating. I'm gonna guess that this movie is a solid, a solid film, like, but not you know beloved or anything. i would say this is a six eight.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. This is this, I don't think this has quite made it into the sevens territory, but I think it's probably pretty pretty respected. I'm gonna I'll bring it down a notch and say six seven. I saw
3: it, and you guys are gonna be really fucking surprised, right, Michael? Right, Michael? Holy cow! What is it? 7.6. 7.6. <laughs> <8.
2: laughs> 76. It's a lot more beloved than I realized. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did see the um the Rotten Tomato or yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes. um And that's not great. Like it's like 38 to 60 or something like that. Like it's uh, you got it, Mike. Wow. That, you, you know, by the way, that's a uh, 300,000 reviews
1: on no, IMDb. A it's not just small it's sample. That's a healthy- it's a healthy. It's 61 to 84, to 84. 61 yeah. critics, 84 <laughs> fans. So this is definitely a heavily driven fan oh. movie.
2: Which is wow, I wouldn't think of anything it would be the other way around. It's interesting.
1: I agree. I completely agree. At least when I, I remember when I first saw it, I'm like, oh well, I'm sure critics would be like, Well, this is a great honest tale about the true mechanizations of evil across the world, global stage. You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. So,
3: great. Uh you get a gold plated AK forty seven in a movie, you're gonna have those types of movie fans that just like will love the movie just because of that and
2: the people that uh, uh, these are the people that do cocaine while watching blow. The scarface
1: <laughs> effect, yeah, So Yeah, exactly. Yep. I mean scarface really effect, that's it. Massive influence on hip hop. It's can't argue that. Uh also Ian Holmes in this movie, that's fun. And nice we see Ian Holmes. Yeah, he just kind of there. Here's here's yep. this man there. Says something like <laughs> here's this man. All right, as far as the critical reviews, uh, there's plenty of those for this movie. Like we said, Rotten Bring Tomatoes it. wise, the critics were not as as you know as excited. Sixty one percent should
2: be uh, working in two thousand five.
1: I'd be shocked if uh, Destin doesn't chime in on Lord of War, but uh, you never know with these things. They're a, these can be a fickle bunch. Although they're not actual <laughs> beings, you know they're not living. They're just
2: reviews. What, what movie reviews? Oh, the reviews yeah. themselves. <laughs> yeah. like, what
1: are built. Yeah, you
2: talking? About? <laughs> like, they're real people, Mike. We oh my God! People. I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> How about this one? Let's try. Keith Phipps from the AV Club, Audio Video Club from The Onion, which I've always enjoyed. I don't read it all the time, but uh, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Lord of War drops the hammer slowly, laying out the fascinating parameters of Cage's world before opening up its argument in an astonishing denouement.
2: Denouement.
1: (laughs)
3: Denouement.
2: Ooh, what does the, that the, is that mean? not cool? how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say industry. Um, it's uh, the, the it means the very end of the story, like the the, the wrapping up of uh, ah.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, you guys are smarter than I am. Well done. Kudos to you, film school, bro. Ah, uh, yeah. Full sale what? Uh, Jonathan Ooh. Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader said, "A caustic satire masquerading as an action adventure."
2: Yes. Okay. 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 Okay, yep. people agree. Okay, yep. good. That's- it was shot on film. <laughs> <laughs> I can't
1: believe that no one's Y'all ever said obvious. that on the show during this segment. That's so <laughs> overdue. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Peter Travers, a Rolling Stone. We know him sometimes. Mm-hmm. The poison arrows of satire that writer-director Andrew Nichol aims at international arms dealing and the great powers who let it happen for their own gain. The U.S. dangles prominently on Nichol's hook. Are frustratingly scatter shots. Okay,
2: no did all that? Did you guys get all that? Yeah, I, I, I got it. I think I think there's some merit to what he's saying. That's I good. I don't fully agree with it either, but I think I get his point.
1: Okay, oh that's good. Uh, you know, searching for Goody Coons, searching for Thompson here, and uh, <laughs> searching, searching for, Goody, for Coons. Goody
4: Coons. Isn't that that funny? <laughs> For good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Waiting for yeah, Waiting for Government.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh finding Buck McNeely or what is it? Buck Henry. Uh how about Roger Wrestling Ebert? He's still 70? alive at this time. Still alive. Who? Oh Ebes, Ebes, as you called him last week, yeah, which is fascinating. Ebes. A bleak comedy. Funny in a catch twenty-two sort of way. And at the same time, an angry outcry against the gun traffic that turns twelve-year-olds into killers and cheapens human life to the point where might makes not only right but everything else
2: i cannot believe i didn't see i didn't make a catch-22 connection like that is a really good comparison is it i think so both the film and the book i mean you're talking about war and satire and like the trying to do the right thing and the wrong thing happens trying to do the wrong thing the right thing happens and just like chaos and insanity yeah i think it's a good comparison Oh, wow,
1: beautiful. Okay, that's great. Uh, no, Dustin Thompson, guys. Sorry, I know yeah. it's a little disappointing.
2: You so. can't have him every time. It's kind of okay. nice missing him every now and then. Because then, like when he pops up, it's like, ah, Dustin. There he is. sit <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back guy. in your favorite easy chair. Get some Dustin. Good time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is a satire. Uh, we all agree with that. Yes,
2: I agree with that.
3: Um do set are are satires usually like mostly non-fiction and a little bit more fantastical or are, is this like a a movie that borrows heavily from like composited figures and like most if not all of this stuff has happened in one
1: way or another like
2: like I mean I don't think it's, I don't think it has to be one or the other satire can it's a broad brush
1: Yeah mm-hmm. I think satire there's a lot of non-fiction uh,
2: satire based as as that. there is plenty of fiction based yeah I would say that Yeah I mean, so long as you're so long as you're poking fun at uh, and, and and also like trying to make people think about how fucked up shit is, then you're that satire. There you go. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: There's also a heavy religious bent in this movie. You know, his father becomes a hardcore <sighs> Jew, yeah, um, which that was awkward. Uh,
2: yeah. Awkward. Tell me more. Well, it's awkward because okay. So this is coming from uh, an agnostic person, so I'm not exactly like a religious. Uh, Um, you know, a bastion of religiosity here, but I found it (sighs) strange. So first of all, it's, it's uncomfortable for like a character to pretend to be Jewish. It's like, Oh, that's kind of, kind of picky. Um, But, and they're, and they're playing it for laughs, which I, you know, I, I get, but it's not funny. Um, Uh And he's also the only voice of religious anything in the film is this guy that I mean like he I, he actually is Jewish I mean he goes to temple you know like he he practices it but he also says dumb shit, like I like the hat um but, <laughs> the, but he like he tells um Yuri at his wedding that there's always something above you and Yuri's like oh you mean this expensive uh, chandelier um but uh, so and that's it like like there's really like not a lot of um and it's not just a religious angle of it but I guess like there's not a lot of force of good in in this film like there's not really characters representing that beyond uh Ethan Hawke's Valentine, I guess. And or Leto.
1: I mean Leto has this complicated l-
2: Yeah, Leto has Leto is Leto is conflicted, but he's also likes fucking and money and drugs. So it's like, yeah, like he he definitely um he cares about people, but like there's but like he goes it, out for he, good. I mean yeah, he makes me the ultimate fucking and money and drugs, <laughs> don't get me wrong. And yeah he does yeah. make a great uh, an important sacrifice but but like but like he's not like for for being um the influence that they are on each other. Never is he in his brother's ear being like there's one point where he says what you're doing, like what you sell, it kills inside. Um, but like he's not but like he doesn't really like be like, hey bro, like we are funding, we are caught like we're causing pain and death throughout the world. Like he doesn't really countenance it either.
1: That's good. And this is a movie that has a global scale to it, as we said. So you would think there might be some more religious avenues that at least pop up Maybe. in the Yeah.
4: Uh
1: and saying that the opportunities were clearly there but they don't. Uh, this movie is fucking just so cynical. I mean this is the yeah, one of the most cynical yeah. movies we have watched by far, right? I agree.
3: Yeah, from the first from the first sequence when the 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 I don't know, that opening sequence gets so much praise. For me, mm. it looks like a cartoon, like it looks kind of silly at this point, but I mean that that is basically the entire movie in two minutes, like the, from the creation <laughs> to the completion and a boy gets killed because of the elevator pitch. product. But yeah, I mean,
2: it's very uh, Fincher CGI, right? Like David yeah. Fincher CGI. Yeah. And, and like, it, it probably looked great in 2005. It doesn't hold up as, as, as well <laughs> now, as you can, you can see. Um But to me, the most egregious part of that is actually a lot of it is pretty cool. And then when the boy gets shot at the end, you literally hear it splat. Splat. Oh, yes. It's yeah, splat. Like, It's like the a, music a, goes dead. Yeah, the music goes what? dead, and you and you don't even hear like it's not even like a splat. It's almost like a person going splat. Yeah. <laughs> like, it it like
3: is. Cartoonish. Marks brothers tomato with like Roger <laughs> Rabbit bullets.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I'm like, oh, like that's a weird tone yeah. that right at the beginning. Like, obviously they're trying to make it and and they're also using um something's happening here, like one of the most important <laughs> anti war protest songs of the 1960s. Not subtle. Not yeah, yeah, not yeah, subtle. Not subtle. <laughs> not subtle. Uh, but there isn't much subtle in this movie, and I don't know that, that there's time for it. Uh this Oh, is really? really? You,
3: you didn't think it was subtle when they literally played
2: cocaine while Jared Leto was doing his coke binge? <laughs> Which is what the 800th movie to oh, do that. God. I cringe every time I see it. The movie, I'm like, it's embarrassing. On,
1: isn't that why he wrote it? Like he had a premonition. One day, this will be in every scene about cocaine in the movies for many decades to come. Ah. No? Okay. Well, I think there actually is... (laughs) You're saying it's not a very subtle film, but some of the drug use stuff and the difficulties that he's having, uh, I think it's actually pretty well done. It's kind of cast aside, too. It's not important to the movie that much other than that... They're brothers, you know, and Yuri, we're brothers. Blah, blah, blah. Br- Br-
2: Catria, whatever. Uh, yeah, know. yeah, Vitaly. Yeah. Arms. Vitaly, yeah. Arms.
1: Vitaly oh, so let's Yuri. talk about that. that uh, so, yeah, they're like, they're Russian. <laughs> Ukrainian. They're children. So, Ukrainian. Damn it. Okay, I keep doing this wrong because I keep saying it. Children of
3: so Ukrainian Russian. immigrants growing up in Brighton Beach, Brooklyn.
1: Yes. Thank you. You said the it
3: much 70s. better I ever
2: could. Yes. Yes. Um, do we buy that either one of these no. actors <laughs> Nick Cage, <laughs> a little bit? I kind of buy it like Jerry Leto is going to be the, like it's just so unconvincing every time. What about go, his borscht? borscht? Come on,
1: <laughs> his Borscht is amazing. I'm sure it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's
3: it's rough. Not only because is Cage not convincing in, in his Brooklyn affectation, but to even have no. a smidgen of Ukrainian is. You really got to suspend your disbelief i mean this, there's one line he literally sounds like he's like born in venice beach
1: it's it's so obvious
2: does cage even try to have a brooklyn accent in this movie does he make a pretense to it <sighs> he doesn't he's which just is consumed fine. with he's the Cain.
1: cynicism of his character more than anything he wants to make sure that he's selling the fact that this guy will do whatever it takes to make a buck and he isn't gonna stop for nothing
3: does that inspire you mike like this has the blow effect for me the blow effect is where uh. I, I, I see what's going on here. I'm not going to care about this character because of his enterprise. <laughs> They're not going to be able to do anything to make me give a shit about this guy. Well, so no. when we first meet the two, like, what do they give
2: us to connect with them? any type of humanity or heart or anything what do we have to draw from oh he's got a crush on the local girl who also just happens to become an internationally famous supermodel um, yeah. uh, <sighs> um but that's that's about it i'm i'm making fun of this movie already but um Yeah, that's that's the he buys out a hotel on an island just for them. It's great. It's it's romantic. Don't you see the beautiful passion that these two clearly have for each other? But that's the thing: is that we're supposed to be like obviously we're supposed to be like no, like like we're supposed to not be with this character. We're not supposed to be with him. We're not supposed to be like this guy's all right. This is a good guy. There's no point in the movie where we're supposed to root for this character. This is this is very much uh, antagonist as hero kind of movie. You're watching this villain. Throughout the course of the film, become more villainous. Um, he eventually finally commits murder and says stop after the, the the trigger is pulled, right? Because like he wants to kill. Like he gets worse and worse and worse throughout the movie. And by the end of the movie, the only things that kept him human, the only things remotely that he cared about, that were beyond money and doing this thing that he's good at, he's lost them all. He's lost them all. So, and in, and in, in his last line is something along the lines of "never go to war, especially against yourself." Like he's going to lean into this. He is going like uh, like it's it, the loss of the people in his life. Uh, it's it's like if anything, he's going to be a colder, blacker, darker soul for it. And yeah, like at no point is this movie supposed to be. Like, oh, <laughs> I love this guy. He's great. I'm with him. Like no,
1: that's yeah. Not, 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 uh, so the Eric's point. Then you're right. There isn't a time besides the abortion. Hey, we're you know young. Children and young children, by the way, young kids. Of, yeah, no, they just skip that. Uh, yeah. By the yeah, way, he starts
2: off like playing like playing like a twenty year old version of himself, which actually isn't that bad. Like, I mean, they do an okay job. I think he looks. I mean, I've seen Birdie; he doesn't look um, that different from that, actually. I think
1: did yeah, well, Leto can do it as Vitaly because he's just always going to look. I mean, he's fifty; <laughs> he's, he still looks he's, like yeah, he's twenty five. Like, but he's a vampire, but like,
3: yeah, five years with no aging
2: <laughs> What's going really on here. Have you incredible. seen me, sir? Have you seen is it, the, the boy?
3: No, oh, that's
1: true. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, sure. So, at any rate, the scene to me that really sums up this movie cynicism and what you just described really quite beautifully, actually, yeah, Travis, yeah, sure. is when Vitali tries to sacrifice and save the people that are about to be slaughtered. He gets <sighs> killed. He watches his brother get murdered. He tries and, to kill right, his brother. So, yeah, Natalia he's devoid. Really he does.
4: does.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's devoid so much of all those things that keep us human that. That machete slams onto the table, slides parts of the diamonds out of the final cut of the deal. And he's yeah. still good with it, man. That is just, that is cold. And we, we see it in a movie and you can be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Wow. What a wild scene that is. But that, you think about that and you stop and say, that is just like, he won't imagine let, living yeah. that.
2: He won't let anything get in the way of the deal. He gets shot at one point in the movie and it won't interrupt the deal. And you're like, wow. Yeah. But by the end that of the movie. That was blow
1: verbatim. That yeah. was blow verbatim. Yeah, that was very blow. That was too much.
2: That was too much blow um but 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 when yeah when his brother dies like he he says he says i'm lost if i get up and leave i'm lost if i stay um and at that point like you know but he was lost before that even and that's that to me is the big tragedy of the movie is watching him bring his brother into this because uh natalie is a gentle soul all he really wants to do is is like yeah he's got this dog in him but his dog wants to fucking do drugs his dog doesn't want to kill not really pleasure yeah and uh, he drags him into the situation that almost immediately traumatizes him. That whole sequence where the, he's watching kids get firing squatted while his brother's picking up dirty money. Um, like, he immediately goes downhill after that scene. Like, Here there we go. He is just fine through the, the first part of the movie. And then, like, they get that coke right after that moment. And his life is trashed. And he does he never recovers. And, and, and like, he's, like, the best thing I can do is go back to my parents' kitchen and make Borscht and, like, have this little life and not do this and then his brother sucks him back into it again by saying i magic- need you yeah says the magic fucking shibboleth you know the, the, the same shit and then when <laughs> he turns it around and asks his brother you know will you be my brother in arms his brother says no and uh,
3: <laughs> get the obligatory yeah. like i can't do one last job i'm good now i got a girlfriend all <laughs> right i'll do one last job i wonder if he'll die or not but <laughs> one, of the, one, of the, one of the many reasons why this sh- probably should have take, uh, taken from the viewpoint of Jared Leto's character instead of, in my opinion, the Yuri character, or maybe even the Jack Valentine character, because I'm just not oh, yeah. really interested in, in Yuri at all. And mostly it's because this like cognitive dissonance doesn't even come until like 20 years into his career. He has his first like, oh shit, maybe what I'm doing is wrong when In Home dies. Like before that, there's nothing but the spoils. And there's nothing for me to latch on to in terms of his humanity. It's just, I, I didn't give a fuck what happened
1: to this guy. Yeah. You're hitting on a lot of points here, guys. I want to yeah. cover real quick. So you mentioned, Travis, the, the uh, lost part. This, this character's lost. Yuri is lost. Nicholas Cage is lost even before he's lost. And it's kind of maximized in the brown-brown scene in Africa where he goes on this night long. Brown-brown. <laughs> By yeah. the way, uh, are you guys sequence. interested in this? Yeah. Dream sequence in a way. Cool. Which, is uh, it real?
2: Is it really happening? Is it not? I thought of you, Mike yeah
1: that was
3: uh thank
2: you i always
1: appreciate that i thought of was a fast forward button <laughs> i'm so clear now what my tombstone's going to be taco bell Dream sequences suck uh yeah i got it all covered now but i
2: famous. you made this fast
1: forwarding through life i absolutely did this is what i've done you did this you did i am this. the one who sees that as yeah it's a summation it kind of wraps it up for us in a way but i'm curious about that that booze like would you guys want to try that booze by the way i have a side note um an African coconut water. I, I booze? thought it was uh, the
2: cocaine mixed with gunpowder that had him off like that. I guess it was. Well, it mix, was all of yeah. it. Yeah, the, the well, So you, so you looked this up. I looked it up to see what happens if you ingest gunpowder because I was curious. Like, okay, what, what would happen to you? Would it would it fuck you up? Because I, you know, like, and uh, it it'll do nothing to you. Basically, I mean, like, um mm-hmm. uh, if you do enough of it, it'll eventually make you sterile. But um, other than that, yeah. like it or, or like make movie it movie. make it hard to get it up or something like that. I didn't I didn't re- do that much research. But in short, it is non toxic in small doses.
1: Wow, oh, trauma can also make it hard right. for you to get it up too. So, and that related to Vitaly's character, that's what I liked about this movie in the beginning was the fact that his drug use is very much related to the fact that he's being traumatized because yeah. otherwise. As far as we can tell, his life was pretty ho hum. I mean, maybe there's things they didn't tell us from his childhood. We didn't get to cover all oh, that. No, no, this you're movie. right.
2: I think it's clear that he's traumatized by the, yeah. By and they their clearly connect that. It's yeah. hardcore. It's it's you can't
1: just go through this stuff and not be affected. Every it does have well, this Yuri layer can. of. Well, that's what I'm saying. It does have this layer of people are different, and we all go through these experiences in different paths, and that's what happens with Yuri. He could just detached, 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 further and further and further. Vitaly can't do it. That's the dichotomy there. Yes, Eric, you're right. We all knew he was going to die probably because he's got to go on this one last mission to save the Brotherhood, of course. But he also is such... Uh, innocent guy in a way. He didn't want to do this, like you said, Travis, and his own brother fucks him. He kills his own brother. He has...
2: This guy well, is
1: the biggest piece of shit, arguably, of characters that we've done in any movie, arguably. He
2: doesn't, he doesn't kill his own brother. I mean, he, he, his brother gets shot. To because, me, he does. Well, he doesn't help his own brother, but I mean, what would have happened if he'd helped his brother? They would have probably been able to blow up the trucks, and then they would have been shot themselves and then still those people probably would have gotten killed honestly i'm not saying that, yeah. that i mean like a, no i wouldn't argue the right.
3: complicit nature of the entire character's arc his entire life he's a complicit yeah, like, like everything it. everyone yeah, around his death
2: if you have a you problem just you should have been there in the first place which is yeah, this fine. they get into this with ava too the um bridget Moynihan's character which i really felt like was a big misfire here because like they they spend oh. so much of the movie showing how much she doesn't ask questions she doesn't care she doesn't want to know She's fine with it. She's like a mobster's wife. But the second that she's confronted with it, then all of a sudden she has this huge epiphany and like a yeah. turnabout. And I can't, I thought this was one of the biggest issues with the film for me. Cause if you're going what, like 10 years or so with this guy and just kind of turn, turning a blind eye, like, you know, I mean, if, Either drugs or guns. Like, what else could he be doing? Black, like, right. uh, you know, right. like uh, human yeah. trafficking. So it's yep. it yeah. like,
1: what did, what did you He's think? a dradle salesman yep. in Israel. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: like, your only question should be, like, how bad, how much of an asshole is he? And that's what you try to investigate. It's not a complete fucking mystery. Come on.
2: Right. So, and she was fine with the beanut mystery until all of a sudden. So,
3: um. it's that whole relationship, like they get together. There's no way this photo shoot scheme is even remotely believable. There's got to be agents involved. And then, like three minutes after they meet, we get the promise me you won't risk us speech by her. It's like, I'm not buying any of this. It's just a chance to have the spoils of the, the guy that has all the money, the big house. And, they just do nothing with it. Like at least with like Goodfellas and the Wolf of Wall Street, we we get to have fun watching them get all this. It's just like so taciturn and in, in the spoils that even that has no energy in it.
2: Yeah, because they're not trying I was gonna to say glorify- which one had
1: more prostitutes or sex workers in it. Was it uh, Wolf of Wall Street or this movie? Just for the <sighs> record,
2: I'm Wolf curious. of Wall Street, probably. But they're not trying to glorify it. Yeah, they're not trying to glorify it here. So they're not trying to make it to look all great. Okay. I mean like, you know, I he goes he's got these two strippers that he would sleep with if he had a condom and they're in this absolute dump. You know, like a, a lot of and, and then he all the great fantastic stuff that he buys like he doesn't enjoy it at all. Like it's not about accumulation of wealth. Um this is this to me like um is uh, coming from the aftermath of Walter White in a lot of ways. So when he, when he ta- and I mentioned this earlier when he talks about how he does this because he's good at it, um he just uh, in, in, enjoys the craft of being a merchant of death.
1: So we covered Jack Valentine for a second there. So let's get more into Ethan Hawke's character. And you hit the big phrase though, complicity. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But, He doesn't exist in this movie, you're right. So clearly you just made that obvious. He's just there to move the plot forward because there's got to be the people who hold the bad guys accountable, which we get. There's not a lot going on there beyond that. But complicity is the theme of the entire movie, whether it is the Moynihan character or the family or him. Or yeah. the bailouts that happened at the end with the U.S. government saying, yeah, that's right, it's all good. We're all complicit in this. <laughs> yeah. We're all going along for the ride. Your job doesn't mean shit. You think you're the good guy saving the world and we all appreciate it. And we give you a pat on the back, but fuck you. There <laughs> is really well done in that respect. That, that was one of the reasons I think I really, really loved this film was because it was so honest about complicity.
2: I I agree with uh with your points, I think that is one of the central themes of the movie. Cause like, it's trying to like say like, yeah, he's doing all this, but um he is obviously complicit and much more. And how complicit are we as, as Americans or, you know, British or whatever uh, you know, what, in, in what our governments are doing. And so I think that that's a good point as well, as far as um Ethan Hawke in this movie, you know, in 2005, for one, he wasn't quite the name, uh, he's still a big actor, don't get me wrong, in 2005, but he wasn't quite the uh, as big as he is now, I think. He's more respected now than he was in 05. Um, he was also- in a valley a
1: little bit, I would say.
2: Yeah, I think he was too. And he reunited with Andrew Nickel again, so they they probably were buddies after Gattaca. This wasn't too long after Gattaca. So, um it's it's really too small of a role for an actor of his caliber and celebrity even in 2005. It's it just should have been maybe someone with a less familiar face because you're with it being Ethan Hawke, you expect more development, you expect a bigger character. If it had been played by you know, somebody that you just kind of know, but like you didn't really know their name, but you recognize their face. It probably would have worked a lot better in some ways because you don't expect too much out of him as a, as an actor or as a character. I great point. I like Tell us how pissed points. you are
3: about it, Eric. Come on, it's trash. I've moved on to other topics, such as: Do Uzis have instruction manuals? Is
2: it yeah, a good idea when giving? Your, is it a good idea when giving your brother an Uzi to point it at him like five times? <laughs> <laughs> also where
3: the fuck oh, have- <laughs> does i'm sorry but yuri sells so much shit to people in so many countries 60 75 tank. where does he keep yeah, this stuff? Of where does he store it like how does he transport it they don't really get into if anything get into yeah, the man, logistics just- of this guy's business okay a little bit of he's it.
2: got a drunk russian uncle that's all it is that, so. that's part of it um he yeah. also when he's talking to um andre the the warlord uh, the, the president i just, just want to say amen Nigeria. walker we
1: haven't talked about him yet he's, yeah, great. I mean, fantastic.
2: he's great yeah he's really he's awesome fucking awesome. awesome so when he's talking to him um at one point he's like look you've got to like you've got to set up the the fake accounts you've got to set up this he kind of makes this reference to a bunch of like to the logistics that you're talking about mm-hmm. um and yeah. you, you do get a sense every now and then that, like at least i did that there is a whole like, yes, he is the head of like actually a huge, like a corporation, basically. Like, like he has all kinds of people working for him. Uh, including his own son. Did you guys notice Weston Coppola Cage popping in here and he calls him son? Uh, he's the one that uh repaints the, oh, the helicopter for that's, um, it? Right. that's it, that's that's, right. that's Nick Nick Cage's firstborn son.
1: Hmm. Oh, the, one who, the one
2: who paints the ship when they have to change not, the flag? Not the one that paints the ship when they have to change the flag. The one that um, paints the helicopter to make it into a medical uh, helicopter. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. right.
2: Well, th- th- that
1: reminds me. There's There are little cool things in this movie that gives a tip of the cap, like being stranded in Africa for a night. Uh, first off, does anyone believe that he would survive that? I mean, not that Africa is constantly a dangerous place, but good Lord, you're just stuck in the middle of nature. Well... It, how raw times? dog
2: nature what about having a poop and pee 24 hours just sitting on a suitcase <laughs> <laughs> oh we couldn't have that amazing time lapse of the fucking
1: plane being deconstructed it overnight cool, come on man. dude it,
2: look cool, it is man. okay
1: that's it is well done i agree that yeah. also reminds me of uh, uh constant gardener too there's a lot of references this movie reminds me of other movies maybe that's just me but this kind of stuff is what makes the movie enjoyable at times, at least I recall it being entertaining because scenes like that, that are really well crafted, and yes, Jack Valentine comes back 24 hours later and he's like alright, now it's time for yeah, the Valentine. deal, blah 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 yeah, it was a pointless character I get it. Nobody, nobody's named Jack t-
3: Valentine. come on, <laughs> <It's> such <laughs> a movie <laughs> name a terrible name you're, you're 100% right. <laughs> this
1: movie is dipping its hands in so many geopolitical, social, economic entities that I'm fascinated by so maybe that's why it got me hard originally. It's just like teases me so much, like, oh, I'm into that. Oh, I like that. This movie's this movie dives in, but it never really goes into great detail on any of these
2: things other than surface encounters. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I think Nick Cage is in every scene almost. I mean, there's yeah. very few scenes that he's not actively doing work in. So in a lot of ways, this is a character study um, and it's a, and it's an interesting character study to me, to, again, to follow someone who's clearly the villain, but uh, an ambiguous villain. Um, so yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. From Afghanistan hey. to Sierra Leone, all these things. Amon Walker's character is a reference, I think, to, uh, you know, I'm talking about, uh, what was his name? He was a CIA dude that was a, he was a dictator in one of those West African countries over there. I, uh, he ended up being expelled. So there's like a lot of references, like you said, in the early part of the show, Eric, nonfiction, legitimate stuff that is mixed into this. It's also a tale about a guy who actually was a gun runner, which is an amalgamation of other gun runners yeah. too. I can't yeah, remember his name. about five other but, uh,
3: gun runners, a classic composite character. You borrow here, you borrow there.
2: That, that yeah. all being said, I, I really think that if you're going to make an American movie – uh about liberia and a lot of and and you're gonna focus on liberia in a lot and you're gonna talk about how fucked up it is and how it needs help and how it's so brutal and violent maybe mention that it was founded by americans and that uh americans free town ab- abandoned it <laughs> uh you know like monrovia uh, free town to sierra leone oh yeah. okay and, right
1: monrovia uh charles taylor was the guy i was thinking of by the way that was the cia plant slash dictator who was uh, there
3: it's yeah. definitely distributed by American Studios, but this is French money that put up to 65 million dollars for the movie because American Studios would not would not greenlight this grit because of the connection with uh, the history of yeah. arms dealing uh, but let's not forget You'll lose access to the, to the military <laughs> And thanks to those titles like hey, also fuck you this happens too the title cards at the end we know that France is a major power and the arms dealing. So th- they're basically saying, yeah, we know that we're one of the five, but we'll we'll still pay to get this endorsed. And even the fucking Amnesty International endorses the film because of, at least <laughs> it's getting a message out there about the da- the dangers of arms dealing. Jesus <laughs> and Christ. how
2: evil Africa and Russia is.
3: Uh we got a classic Russian like evil guy like in shadows like <laughs> come on now.
2: That was kind of what bothered <laughs> Markey <me. laughs> <That laughs> four bullshit. Yeah, I felt like the I felt like the, there was a lot of like, oh, look how scary Africa and Russia is. Yeah. Like, OK, Like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, they're saying that, but the, the enabler of it all is the United States. Right. I don't think they shy right. away from that. Yeah. So but you well, do have
1: to think for a moment.
2: That's that partly. I was like, well, what if he wasn't Ukrainian then? What could why? Because, yeah, the America, it's the United States, but he's yeah. a firstborn immigrant. Yep. Like That's a great it, point. Like you know, like you should have had somebody like all American. Absolutely.
3: That's kind of a it's kind of like a um cop out because Well, first I American mean, hang they, on. I'm sorry,
2: but first American immigrants are all American, but you get my point. Sorry. Absolutely. I yeah.
3: mean, if you're going to if you take this character and make him like uh like a liaison for the CIA primarily, you're, you're going to say something much more interesting for me at least, but they're, they are kind of shying away from our connection until like this info dump at the end when they're like, our president's number one arms dealer. Come on. Come <laughs>
2: the on. The movie walks the line between wanting to have this important satirical message mm-hmm. and wanting to be an entertaining kind of action flick. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. they kind of followed one way or the other. It's a, it's a hard line to walk.
1: Yeah, the, a lot of that is really hyped up with the Africa set pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring me the gun of Rambo. Like, yeah. Is not, it's like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Like, they're just... They're just so into it that all they think about are one track things like we want our guns, we want to kill and we care. We love America. We look to America as this Mecca of everything we aspire to be, which in a way, this is what I also kind of dig is that what America really represents at times is a lot of the things that they're trying to be. But what not America would ever want you to think of them as because they don't see us as the Rambo murdering, take no prisoners, we control imperialistic type uh, yeah. establishment that they are. They don't want you to see them that way, but that's what they are. Yeah. That's what also we are.
3: Watch, watch Rambo first blood. It's the most anti-war movie you'll ever see. So, <laughs> Oh, sure. Sure. You, you that's really different don't. than the other
2: ones though. Yeah. I've never seen it. We really don't get much of the people in Africa that are not combatants unless they're being yeah. actively murdered or are a yeah. prostitute. That's, that's the yeah. truth. Although the biggest, Problem, best yeah. line of the movie did come from, uh, uh, to me, um, uh, a character from Africa that was neither of those things. That was when I live in America, I will not live in Brentwood. Which I've never lived, in- <laughs> I've never been to Brentwood. But the, this guy thinks Brentwood is a shithole. Was really really funny. Was like, yeah, he's <laughs> like, I will not live in Brentwood. Like yeah, they, they but- did try to do also- the whole because so much, so much time
3: passes by with like maybe one haircut from Nicolas Cage that they have to do like the <laughs> Robert Zemeckis Forrest Gump people watching TV deal think, to get us to know what the fuck is going
2: on and what <laughs> year we're in. <laughs> I think they actually did something with his hair in this where he goes a little bald, right? Am I wrong? Like, I feel like he starts off saw, with a In the light of Africa? Starts there, going yeah. thin, which, honestly, if he's going to do hair pieces and he's going to do movies where he's playing young and then older, I'm like, why... Aren't you taking advantage of your hairline? Yeah, take it and out, man. Go, go full Conor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> you can start with like a full hair piece, and as the movie goes on, recede, recede, recede. That would be a convincing move, but.
1: Yeah, that that's what the that's the big Andy. problem with this movie, dude. No doubt about it. I hear you. I hear Twenty you. years. The fucking hair.
4: Yeah. Oh man.
1: <laughs> but it, yeah, but those there's also you know there's AIDS jokes like oh these are African women oh. so they must have AIDS and I'm like oh, okay, what I'm a facepalm and yeah. Nick
3: Cage is in bed. Wait wait are you sick? AIDS? Oh, <laughs> yeah. On. That's, oh, that's, that's well, a facepalm, man, right. man. Yeah. AIDS.
2: Yeah. <laughs> AIDS. And, and then, so, oh. he, and then he, so he kind of comes oh, to like, Jesus. so he does the drugs and like, he's like, fucking this prostitute. And he's like, <laughs> did I have AIDS now? And and then, like, he goes oh. and like, uh, he sees Ian home so you don't know if he's alive or dead. And he sees like the son of Andre, so he doesn't, he still, like, yeah. you know, all thing goes and sees Jackals. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Yeah.
3: And it's all shot, like, um, this guy Amir Makri shoots the film, and for what it's worth, I mean, does a fucking good job. It looks really fun and engaging to watch. That's kind of part of the problem for me. You're gonna shoot this story like this slick Nike Super Bowl commercial. It just it bugs me. It it, it adds to this coolness of the guns, and it's that it's the finesse of the firearm, and everything's supposed to be
2: so sexy. I'm so tired of that shit. Especially the whole sequence on AK-47s is just like a here's a celebration of the Kalashnikov. Kalashnikov. I said it. Yeah.
1: Supposedly all real too. And all the tanks were real. And supposedly they connected with real arms dealers who actually had access to this stuff. They had to prove their points that, Hey, we really are connected with these people. And and who cares about that? We know these people exist anyways. You don't need to make the movie seem more realistic by saying, Hey, we have consulted with legitimate arms.
2: dealers. So one of you wants more realism and one of you wants less realism just to try to keep up. Uh, who wants what? <laughs> I'm not
3: really sure I, I want, want in life half the time. I look so. at, I, I, one of my favorite scenes in Taxi Driver is when the arms dealer comes to Travis's apartment and he's this slimeball shady fuck who needs puts all the guns on the bed and the guns seem, it's only like five firearms, but they seem way more dangerous than they do in this film because they seem more real. And they seem like they could have more of a dangerous impact on people than this Michael Bay-looking Super Bowl commercial of a film that this is. Wow,
2: um, that's harsh. I I don't know. I mean, I, I get your point. It is it is kind of slick and polished. Um, I don't know that I have a problem with it like you do, but I, I, I see that it is slick and polished. I yeah, don't know why I'm so pissed. I don't know <laughs> yeah, I'm What the
1: hell's going on? You need, need some
2: cocaine and gunpowder, obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah, you need some brown brown. Come on, dude. Uh all right. Uh well, we yeah, you know, we've covered this movie in pretty much great detail. Any last calls here? Sure. Final calls from
2: your note sheets before we close it down. Oh, um, I think I've said all the things I wanted to say.
3: Andrew Nichol deserves some credit. No one's going to make a movie like this uh, in 2005, but but you know, strong independent type filmmakers like him. I like Simone. I I you know I respect Gadega. It's not the best film, but I, I dig Andrew Nichol. Wrote Truman Show. Uh, he does cool things here, like the like the ching when the trigger pulls and all the bullets are coming out of the gun. That's like, you know, not entirely subtle, but just. Something cool. And I compare it to like Three Kings, which is just kind of a fucking dumb movie that's total horseshit. And this makes this look, (laughs) uh, you know, that makes this look a hell of a lot better for me. And it's because this guy who started out as just a writer. And he, and he starts making his own movies and he does interesting things visually. He, it's not a boring film by any stretch of the imagination to
2: watch. That's good. I haven't seen Three Kings in a while, so I, I can't uh, attest that's to good. that. That's good. Did you guys catch? Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Uh, did you guys catch Donald <laughs> Sutherland in this film?
1: Of course no. I did. JFK reference. you talking like about it. The-
2: <laughs> He, he says one line, like his person is not in the movie, but the the general that he, that Nick Cage calls like twice. And it shows oh, him, like it's that guy. just a silhouette. He does it's supposed the- to be Ollie, the- Ollie North. I, I kind of figured that it's supposed to be another um, so like jammed
1: in historical reference. Yeah.
2: Um, but it's <laughs> Oliver. It, uh, it's Oliver North. It's, it's, it's Donald Sutherland's voice for like the one line that that guy says. He's like, oh, I can't talk God. right now. I don't know what Donald Sutherland got paid to say. I can't talk right now, but
1: uh, <laughs> that's
3: yeah,
2: that's definitely him. You can't
1: mistake that voice
3: anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You can't. I don't know. I, I, I like the subject matter. I think this probably could have served better as a really strong, documentary on uh, arms dealers, especially in this era, maybe narrated by Nicolas Cage.
2: I'm just well, not a huge you, fan you're of talking. film.
1: Why don't you, oh, wait. You want to say one more thing? Travis? Well,
2: I was going to say, um, I know, Mike, that you're not a huge fan of narration in film. What do you think of Nick Cage's narration? Oh, <sighs>
1: yeah you know the thing about narration is what is its purpose why is it there you know is it annoying to me just to be narration that's i don't think that's fair for me to always say that about movies and mm-hmm. i I'm, i've thought about this a lot recently not just this movie just overall mm-hmm. narration why is it there what is it doing <laughs> and i uh is it lazy uh, yeah, Travis, I think some of the narration here is like, okay, I don't need you to tell me everything here, and this sure. is lazy. It's like, is this because he thought there wasn't enough characters, because he's in too many set pieces around the world, that the narrator was like a safe play to make sure that enough information was expressed to the audience because we couldn't figure it out again because we never can. Yeah, I-, I might have a problem with that a little bit. Man. Eric See, the whole care? the whole movie is like a fucking audio book.
3: Yeah. It's, it, 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 it plays Big out time. like a goddamn Rolling Stone article. It's like <laughs> you're either going to make this narration more interesting and more contextualized or, or you're going to cut way down because it was just like a fucking article out of Rolling Stone or something, the whole thing. And to be honest with you, you're going to try to blend humor with this seriously important subject matter. Make it more funny because it's not really that funny.
2: Um, I agree with you that the narration badly needed to be cut back. Um, I, I, it did, but I got, you know, obviously I'm a huge Nick cage fan. I think he's one of the best narrators out there. There's some really great actors. Like, like we've talked about Kevin Costner and Harrison Ford who, and, and, and Robert De Niro, these guys are fucking great actors and terrible. All three of them are terrible narrators. Just oh, a top <laughs> narration. It's, oh. a whole, it's a whole nother. It's a whole other skill to do that. And I think yeah. Nick cage is a really, really good narrator and this movie is such a weird companion piece to The Weatherman that we also did recently, speaking of Daryl Eds from the Cage Rage podcast, because because of the heavy narration, because of seeing this character not get a comeuppance, um, seeing the character resign themselves to the less than awesome fate that they've chosen. Um, I think that there's really, not just the fact that it's, uh, that it's you know Nicolas Cage, although that's the main thing, but there's some, I think there's a lot of connections that can be made thematically between these two movies.
0: Yeah, the same uh, year. You've got, like, the
2: same year. Yeah, that's another thing.
3: You've got like this cynical bravado here and the cynical meekness in the weatherman from the same yeah. person.
2: Yeah, it's but interesting. Both, both weirdly like, um, weirdly passive in their in their quest for success. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Well, interesting I don't movie. know. In, in, I, mean, I don't know how
1: passive he is. Yuri
2: time. is less passive it, it, in a lot of ways. He's very active, but I mean, but he doesn't recognize his actions in terms of how they affect others. Like he, he's only looking at his bottom line and how um, it affects him. He oh. does not care. Yeah, I think He or, does. He just doesn't, he just doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, definitely doesn't give a fuck. That's for sure. If he, if he's aware, he doesn't care. If he's aware, he doesn't
1: care. Send him an iPod. All right, Eric, you were already kind of on a roll there. Do you want to continue with your – you were kind of going into your does it hold up or not? Here we go. Oh, man. Um,
3: Yeah. Um, The movie does, for me, it kind of skips along solely on the charisma of Cage. It's it's an info dump. I mean, there's so much narration drowning every scene, and uh, – I'm at the point personally. We're seeing a bunch of guns. Just isn't that cool anymore, unless it's in like a John Wick movie. You got a good message, you know. Evil prevails when good men fail to act. But at the end of the day, like everyone, everyone has to sleep at night, and everyone has to live with themselves. I mean, I mean, that's the central message of the movie, and it's good. But it doesn't come for me until like an hour and a half into this movie. I, I was bored until like the last
2: half hour, man. You just said it was entertaining. Um, and that it wasn't boring. You just said <laughs> that like ten minutes ago.
3: I, I'm telling you, it's trying to be entertaining, and okay. I and I wasn't bored, but I I could also sit there and watch Armageddon in its entirety, still a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, the the story is worth telling, and you know everyone, someone's always going to have like this, Moslavian um, is that uh, attitude toward weapons that they're a basic need, and if someone else isn't going to do it, you know, might as well make money off of it. But it just doesn't make for good entertainment for me. This isn't this isn't like a movie. I could have used a documentary. It just plays off like a big article in Rolling Stones. Not for me. I can't say it holds up. Sorry.
1: Okay. Well, hey, that's how it goes sometimes. No problem. It's okay. Nothing personal. Uh, Travis, what about
2: you, buddy? Well, it's a Nicolas Cage movie, so I'm gonna say it holds up. Oh shit, here we go. I'm done. <laughs> there it is. Okay.
1: okay wow, well, that was the shortest one of all time by far. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage makes this movie, like you said, Travis, and the narration is not as terrible because he is solid at it. He knows how to end sentences when you're narrating, or like he knows how to breathe during the words. There's some. Yeah, there something. is a craft to it. There certainly is. He, he's just an entertaining guy. The way he mm-hmm. speaks. Some people aren't interesting. Sometimes what they do verbally isn't as good as what they can do physically. And so this movie replies to a lot of other films, or maybe it doesn't reply. It kind of just joins hand in hand with Blow and uh, some other druggie type movies. I get that. But it also doesn't. It has this massive scale about <laughs> the acceptance and the complicitness of us as human beings who live in countries that have generally Mm. open laws about being free and exercising speech and being allowed to you know pursue the pursuits we want to pursue so uh that part of the movie will always be interesting to me it's disappointing that it doesn't dabble it doesn't go into it quite enough it's Mm. supposed to be a comedy too like you said eric i don't i don't find it that funny anymore at all i don't know I probably laughed a lot more, probably. I think I did back in the 2000s when I saw this movie and saw it again. It's certainly not that funny. Uh, no. The other way Cage speaks can be funny at times. But any of the premises of like an actual joke, like Travis messing with the Jewish stuff, that's terrible. And uh, there's other stuff that's not funny with the African set pieces and the Rambo crap. And uh, yeah, Vitaly's supposed to be this hero that we can... All right, you don't like Yuri? He sucks? Fine. We get it. But you got Vitaly. You can, you know you could glom onto him and feel like you're inspired, but Hmm. I I don't know. I'm really, this is a tough call for me. Like it's not, it's not a piece of shit to me either. And it's a well organized movie. The pacing's good too. It never drags ass. So I guess in a respect, it's not ideal. It's not fantastic. It's not a piece of garbage. Uh, It has some qualities that are interesting enough. So I'm going to say that, that it holds up because it tries to do something that isn't always done in filmmaking by maybe expressing a message, even if the message isn't properly expressed ideally.
2: So yeah, yeah. it holds up. I agree. It's imperfect, but it's worth seeing.
1: And just to
3: just for yeah. the record, left behind starring Nicholas stage also holds up, Travis.
2: Um I've you know, I've I haven't caught <laughs> that one yet. I haven't caught okay. that. All right. I'm not saying exactly. that every Nicolas Cage movie is good. I've seen jujitsu. Um okay. but, yeah, he um, ripped on that one a couple years ago. You were saying yeah, that fall is so. terrible. Like I, I'm not I I, I was being I was being obsequious or uh facetious. Facetious, I love that word, um, but um I yeah, I do think it holds up. I mean it's an entertaining movie, and I, I think I've gone through and said all the things I liked about it already. So what else can I say other than that? Look this guy. Come Cage. on, I fucking love Nick Cage. Had, those bullet a really Look at those bullet hairs. hairs. Yeah, bullet hair. Bullet hair cage. It's got to be a really bad <laughs> movie not to like a Nick Cage. Movie.
1: Well, there it is. Hey, that's the bottom line. And speaking of bottom lines, next week's show is a special guest. It's Christopher yeah. Deary from the Palazzo Podcast. There's a baseball podcast I do with Deary. And he has told Travis what next week's movie will be. So, Travis, what is it? I'm dying I'm really, to know.
2: I'm really looking forward to this. I'm going to keep on making the same oh, joke that it's the Palazzo Nine podcast, uh, the, Cine- <laughs> the Cine Palazzo Podcast. <laughs> in a palazzo a I like complete, that. complete crossover of both podcasts anyway um Chris has been wanting to come on for a while we've been wanting to get him on for a while I'm glad that we can finally get him on next episode and he has chosen uh, he has chosen 1996's Swingers Swingers
1: oh wow
3: Swingers.
2: We're gonna do swingers with, with Chris okay. next week. It's been a while. So, yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it too. I feel like I already I think I know how we feel about it, but it's uh it'll be a good one to reinvestigate. I haven't seen it in absolutely I don't know, five or six years probably. So it's
1: uh, one for a minute there. I was watching like constantly about till about three yeah, years, right. four years ago. So
2: Okay. Yeah. Good call. Cool, good call. Man.
1: I think it's apropos for the show, time to go back ninety six and find out if it holds up. <laughs> yeah, I that's what we so. do,
2: right? Good job, Chris. Yes. Yeah, we big do. bad voodoo okay. daddy. Do they hold up? Great
4: job.
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <baby>. <laughs> yeah. It was a fun time in life. I'm, I'm right. glad that we got to live through yeah, that yeah. experience. It was a good sure. run. Yeah. Cherry Poppin' daddies, big bad well, voodoo daddy, Ripper, uh, squirrel Ripper, nut voodoo zippers. Yeah, oh, yeah, squirrel nut zippers. Yeah. Well, voodoo skull skulls, voodoo, skulls voodoo. is like, that's like that's legit God. punk ska. Hard, yeah, that's ah, ah, that's a bet. different level, man. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Mm, you stopped the show okay. dead. Not all right.
2: So,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> not
2: okay. Mad Caddies? Parka Kings. Oh, you see, on, the, they're on. all ska bands, you're saying now. Remember right, right, by the, the uh, Blue Meanies uh, red remember That blue meanie shirt I used to Brian wear all Setzer. the time. So, now now Brian, Setzer, good luck. Brian, Brian Setzer
1: played uh, right. Eddie Cochran in La Bamba. He did.
2: He did. Incredible. Important information. This is 824 You have things to do, buddy. That's true. Ah, out yeah, of
1: speaking Palazzo of the Palazzo line. podcast, yeah, the Cinema Palazzo? I like that. That flows off the tongue nine. quite well. So Cinema the Palazzo Nine, Cinema Palazzo. Cine Palazzo. Hey, nine. it's Cinema Nine. There it is. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Heat, That's what I was thinking of. Ooh, never liked. I, 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 don't, never, I don't. I don't. want to. Obsessed with Reverend that Horton band. Heat. I never, okay,
2: got, sorry, it. I never, I never uh, got it. Sorry, I never got anything.
1: No, but they were big. People loved them. I but, didn't. Nope. So next week, uh, there's bands we'll maybe mention randomly again that have something to do with the genre. We don't know. Yeah, who knows. Uh, but don't forget, next week we will be your last CinemaDinePod at ProTimeMail.com. Send us an email. Five-star rating. Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Thank you so much, everybody. We love spending time with you guys, and uh, we'll catch you next time. H- Aids. <laughs>